Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Ideas are powerful. There's great power in ideas. They can capture you, transform your thinking, and cause you to act, live your life based on the idea. This can be done while you're completely aware of it. For for example, let's say you ate a dozen donuts for breakfast every day. You eat a dozen donuts for breakfast every day because you like them. And that's what your parents did, and that's what your grandparents did. Now, now let's just imagine when you hit your 40s, you start to have health problems. Your doctor tells you that eating a dozen donuts a day is the cause. If you would eat yogurt and granola for breakfast instead of donuts, then your life would change. He, he shows you charts and statistics. He brings in other people who've stopped eating a dozen donuts a day. He reminds you that your parents and grandparents died in their 40s. The idea is that if you stop eating donuts, you'll be healthier, live longer. Well, the idea captures your thinking, transforms your thinking. You, you begin to live it out. Now, it wasn't initially an action that changed you, but a new idea a new way of thinking. Ideas can also impact you without your awareness. Some ideas are simply in the fabric of the culture in which we live. When you are born, you are born into a world of ideas being lived out. They're simply assumed. Now, for example, in in Paul's day, slavery was normal. Slavery was everywhere. It was simply part of society. The idea was that some people could and should be owned legally. Of course, that continued even in our own country until really just a short time ago. Now, as as 21st century Americans, we recoil at such a notion, and rightly so. The thought in our culture today is that no one should own anyone, that we're all born free. I thank God for that powerful and true idea in our culture. It's one that is consistent with the gospel. However, there are other ideas permeating our culture that are not. And one of the most common and widespread ideas in American culture is pragmatic relativism. Now, let me explain what I mean. Relativism holds that there is no absolute truth, that there is no one truth, no ideal, no standard, no model, no absolute. In other words, something can be true for one person, but not true for someone else. In fact, the opposite could be true for someone else. I don't believe that eating a dozen donuts for breakfast every day is good. That is truth for me, but it could be good for you. It doesn't work for me, but but it might work for you. And that's where the pragmatic part comes in. Pragmatic is simply what works. If it works for your life, then it's true. This means experience becomes a guide for truth. As do feelings. 
Now, Carl Truman, a Presbyterian scholar, documents this in his recent book, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self. Truman traces the origin and development in Western thought where the inner self, the inner life, feelings become the dominant way individuals determine truth. So how do you find truth in modern America? You feel it. You experience it. It works for you. Now, all of this combined together creates an environment. It creates a, a, a culture where if you question someone else's truth, maybe you question the wisdom of eating a dozen donuts a day, then you're labeled judgmental. Don't talk to me about my donuts. And being judgmental is one of the deadly sins in our culture. So why am I spending so much time on this? Because of what Paul says in our passage this morning. Listen to verse four and five again from our Colossians reading. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. Paul says that the gospel is the word of truth. Or it could be translated, the gospel is the message of truth. This one short statement is in complete opposition to dominant ideas in our culture. The gospel is truth. And it's not, not just Paul's truth, not just my truth or your truth or the Colossians' truth, not just true because you experienced it or feel it, but the truth, absolute truth, higher truth, truth that exists outside of us. The gospel is truth. It's true that you are alienated from God, separated from God, all because of sin your sin, your failure to love as God created you to love. It is true that God came in person, in Jesus. Christmas is true. It's true that Jesus died upon the cross to overcome sin, your sin, to reconcile you so that you are no longer alienated, separated, but that you are now a child a beloved son, a beloved daughter. It is true that Jesus rose from the dead, that death is conquered, that it's overcome, that you are promised eternal life with the Father. It's true that Jesus reveals God's heart of love for you. It's true. It's truth, and by being true, it also means that there are untruths. In other words, there are false beliefs, there are false ideas about God, about life, about existence, about truth. The gospel is truth. But it's also true <coughs> that we can struggle in this culture. It's also true that the environment in which we live can be challenging to our faith. 
the ideas in our culture, the beliefs of our culture influence us, affect us, impact us, exert great pressure on us because we hear it. We see it lived out around us day in and day out. And it can shake your confidence in what you believe. In fact, it can undermine what you believe. You might ask yourself, is the gospel really true? Is it absolute true? Is it true for everyone or is it just true for me? Is it only true how I experience it or feel it? What about those who believe it's not true? Is that true as well? Are other religions true? Have you ever asked those questions before? Well, you're not alone. And it's okay if you have asked those questions or if you are answered asking those questions because God can handle them. Well, and not only, not only does it exert pressure on you, but it also exerts pressure on the church. It can impact the mission of the church, the message of the church. Well, how so? Well, the simple desire to not be considered judgmental can influence what you do in the community and how you do it. For example, will the church follow the clear teachings of Scripture on hot-button issues in society and do so out of love? Issues like today, issues like abortion, sexuality. Well, it can also impact on how, how churches worship. Will we confess sin? Will we mention sin? Will we mention God's judgment on sin? Paul understood cultural pressures on the church and on Christians. Remember, in Paul's day, the Roman Empire was not Christian. Christianity had just started. Rome was thoroughly pagan worshiping a whole pantheon of gods. If, if, if you've been to Rome, you probably saw the pantheon, a temple to all gods. Well, Jews and, and then Christians stood out in Roman society. They stood out in their dedication to only one God, in their worship of only one God. And the social pressure on Christians was intense. There was pressure to conform to national festivals, sacrificial celebrations for false gods observed for the good of the empire. And Paul knew this. He lived it. And he also knew about the philosophy that was invading the church in Colossae, a philosophy that was not consistent with the gospel. And so he's writing the church in Colossae to remind them of the truth, the truth that they knew the truth that transformed them, the truth that gave them hope. And he wrote to encourage them, to comfort them, to build them up. And Paul's message is for you as well. Paul reminds you of the truth. The gospel is the word of truth. The message of truth, God's truth that has come to us at Christmas. Christmas celebrates the coming of the truth. The truth is a message, but it's more. The truth is a person. And Jesus speaks these words in the Gospel of John. Chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth 
and the life. Jesus himself is the truth. The Son of God is the truth. He is the truth that the message of truth derives. He is the truth from which all truth derives. If you follow Jesus, if you have faith in him, then you've been captured by the truth. You've been claimed by the truth, transformed by the truth, freed by the truth. A truth that's not relative, a truth that does not change, a truth that does not rely on experience or feelings, a truth that is firm and certain like a rock. Be encouraged. Be encouraged this Christmas season. Be, be encouraged and live out your faith knowing that you stand on firm ground. You stand on solid ground. You stand on a rock one firm enough to handle doubts and misgivings, questions and inquiries, critique and criticism. It can handle them because it's true. And be encouraged in this culture because the culture in which we live is in so desperate need of the truth. It's in desperate need of the gospel. It's in desperate need of Jesus. Speak it in love. Live it out in love and without fear. For the gospel is the word of truth. Come to us at Christmas. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 